Hi everyone, oh, welcome Mike. to this Sandler experiment. My name is Winfield and I am here with Michael. Say hello, Michael. Oh my god, I hate everything. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so, uh, just a bit of housekeeping before we get into the podcast proper because it's the first episode. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is we're going to watch every Adam Sandler comedy uh, from the most recent to the earliest one and... Uh, the theory behind this is that I was wondering if the early ones, you know, the the classics, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, I was wondering if they're actually any good. And I figured the best way to test this is to watch all the obnoxious garbage Adam Sandler's put out in the past few years uh, to saturate our brains with this, this shit <laughs> and see if uh, it affects our enjoyment of the early stuff that is supposedly, uh, you know, good classics, comedy icons, stuff like that. So uh, we start. We started that today with a uh, Sandy Wexler. Who is this girl? Excuse me, I'm Sandy Wexler. Don't we talk somewhere? I'm a talent manager. Michael, do you have any opening thoughts on Sandy Wexler? Was it a good film? Was it entertaining? <laughs> it was the worst kind of bad film. In that, like, you couldn't even enjoy how bad it was. It was just, it was, I, I didn't understand what was happening. Like, the plot yeah. was so simple, I knew what was happening. I just didn't understand what they were fucking talking about. I think I, I think I laughed a grand total of three times in the movie. I think you, you might, you maybe laughed one fewer times than I did. Yeah, I only uh, laughed twice. Yeah. There, there, there were three good move moments for me in the movie. Uh, Wait, no, I laughed three are... times too. Oh yeah, that's right. We both laughed at the, uh, the eagle. Right? Eagle. I laughed at the pole vault. You did laugh at the pole vault, into the into the water. Did I laugh at that? No, you did not. Right. We uh, both so laughed we, at we, raccoon. The eagle, the raccoon. And then, what was the third? Did I laughed at Rob Schneider coming out at the end, right? That was my third laugh. Yeah, that yeah, Rob Schneider. Okay, yeah. So I I, I guess we're, we're we're sort of talking right now and things that uh you know people who haven't seen you have the no movie idea. would yeah. So uh, so we'll do just sort of we took notes throughout the film, and I guess we'll just we'll do sort of a play by play. If you have anything huge you want to talk about you just butt in and yeah. tell me that it's something you want to cover um but we'll just sort of go through the plot um i was going to use the wikipedia plot synopsis as sort of our guide for this but this movie actually has so little story that the plot synopsis on wikipedia is like less than a paragraph it's like two by sentences. the way it's fully two hours long oh yeah it was like two hours and 15 minutes of our time we started watching this movie at around ten forty-five. uh it's, it's one thirteen right now. Yeah, it's one thirteen in the morning. So we spent a good three hours watching this movie. I don't know why it took us three hours. We only paused once. Um, yeah. Time is slower in Adam Sandler's world. Yeah, time is slower in the Sandler-verse. Uh, <laughs> Ew. So, Ew. So I'll, I'll jump right into my notes. Uh, the first thing I have written... Is just that it's basically an excuse for Adam Sandler to hang out with his family and friends, which is, I think a trend we'll see, you know, yeah. throughout all. It, I think, it's a trend I think we'll that's see just like all, a trope. all the Adam Sandlers. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, though the weird thing is his his wife is in this movie. His real life wife is in this movie, but she doesn't play his wife in the film, which was no. confusing for us. Initially, we, we thought it was his. We wife. thought she was the wife. But it was just one of his clients. The plot of the film, in case you don't know, is that Sandy Wexler is a Hollywood talent agent. And he has all these, like, shitty clients that do, like, weird, like, bit-time jobs. Like a ventriloquist, a stuntman, a wrestler, stuff like that. Um, and one of them is, is his wife, who's an actress. His, his real-life, Adam Sandler's real-life wife, who is uh, not his wife in the movie. She's an actress who does commercials. Uh, but Yeah, but, like... I fully thought she was his wife because she also had children during this meeting who's, who are right. actual Adam Sandler's children. Right. He cast his two daughters in this movie as well. And he brought them to the like the, the amusement park with him. Like There's a scene where Adam Sandler's character goes to the amusement park with these two children. Yeah. And it was, I swear it was the most surreal thing I've ever seen in my life. I thought I was like dissociating or something. But they were cartwheeling, like he fucking was walking, cartwheeling. He was like they're on the, either side the of him. They're park. just walking towards the camera. Just they just continually cartwheel, right? And they were just continually cartwheeling towards the camera while Adam Sandler walked in between them. And it was so strange to observe. Like I, I, I was like, why? I, I who gave him that note? Struck. Who? Hey, you this... need to look like you're having fun. Cartwheel. Like who wrote this yeah. screenplay? Right. Um, who wrote this? And yeah, you have it up. Who wrote it? I have yeah, I have the IMDb page up, so I can look up the. Oh, surprise, surprise! <laughs> Michael, guess who wrote the screenplay for this movie? Oh my! Was it was it Adam? It was Adam Sandler. He wrote the screenplay. He he actually has a. Uh, two writing credits in this movie uh he has the screenplay credit and he also yeah. has a writing credit which is uh, different from the screenplay because that means he uh worked on the adaptation and stuff like that he uh along with two other people which so, i'm gonna call so out what right you're now. saying is like this was a passion project it, it will he put uh, time a passion product or just an impassion product like it, it felt like literally no effort went into this movie the other two people oh. who wrote, who co-wrote, there there was three co-writers that alongside Adam Sandler, yeah, um, and it looks like they exclusively work on the more recent Sandler proper Sandler properties. They both co-wrote Ridiculous Six, uh-huh. uh, which the podcast listeners will hear us talk about soon. Uh, oh. The duo, the duo over the cobbler, all that stuff. So you know, no, oh, I hear the cobbler's awful. Yeah, a star-studded writing cast. For real. Um, Keeps in the family. Okay, can I say my first note? Yeah, what, what was your first note, Michael? What, did you, what was the first thing you wrote down about this movie? Mine was, what's with the talking heads? Of, like, I, I was talking about, like, the movie opens with all these, like, B-list actors at, like, what we thought was a funeral, because they're all dressed in black, just, like, talking to the right. camera about... Sandy Wexler, and it's yeah, like, the, is this like a mockumentary? Yeah, the movie structure is like a weird combination of like a mockumentary, but also a comedy and like a rom com also thrown in there. Like, but yeah, there's these Jennifer, rent- uh, like Jennifer Hudson's in it. 
Yeah, Jennifer Hudson is the main love interest, uh, you know, for Adam Sandler, a 50-year-old man. Um, but uh, there's the there's this weird, these weird cutbacks to this mockumentary-style interview scene that they're not consistent enough for it to be an actual mockumentary. Like, I, I think, think it like happens, like, minute... four times based on yeah. this two-hour movie. Like, in the very beginning, there's this long montage of B-list celebrities talking about Sandy Wexler, including, like, David Spade, Kevin James, Conan O'Brien. Um, and then it's not really returned to, to the point where I've completely forgot Vanilla about it. Vanilla Ice. Also, Vanilla Ice is there, of course. You know, Sandler classics. Uh, uh, I completely forgot about it to the point that I was sort of taken aback when it returned to it. Like, halfway through the movie, I completely forgot that that was a factor in the plot. Uh, yeah, so that like, was really... That was yeah, sort that of a was, bizarre thing. That was the first thing that jumped out, at, jumped out at me. Uh, I want to talk about my fourth note, Michael, which regards Adam Sandler's performance itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth thing I wrote down, which couldn't have been more than five minutes into the movie, was I literally cannot understand Adam Sandler in this film. Um, oh, okay, like during the talking head section, they said he was French. Like, I distinctly remember that he is French. They said he was a French agent. They did say that at one point. He is not doing a French accent in this movie. Uh, like, not even not even close. Like, it was just, like, that voice that you, that you know that voice Adam Sandler always does when he's like, I want to be funny. So he does, like, it's like the, it's like the Waterboy voice. Right. Yeah, it's it's essentially a movie where he does the Waterboy voice, but whereas Waterboy sort of had some sort of a semblance of an excuse for the voice, which we'll get to in thirty fucking weeks when we get to Waterboy, but <laughs> but um, Waterboy had some semblance of an excuse for the voice. This doesn't. He just talks like that. But also, he's the the dialogue in Waterboy, if I remember correctly, it's very simplistic, which allows the yeah. voice to be funny. In this movie, he's he's like talking like a normal person, like normal dialogue, but he's using this stupid voice. Yeah, and, it, and I feel like even it, if I understood what he was saying, I still, still wouldn't understand the dialogue. I still wouldn't care even if I understood what he was saying, but the, the fact of the matter is I have no fucking clue what he's talking about for 90 I had 90, no idea what he said, yeah. No, not, not there, none whatsoever. Like, I, I think I I understood the plot of this movie purely through physical actions and stuff. Like, I don't... I didn't understand Like, the plot the... was so simple. Like, you could get it. Yeah. In no, a moment. I could understand what was going on, but what was going on just wasn't interesting. Uh, do you have a note past this that you want to yeah. talk about, Michael? Well, I know. I don't... I have, I have a note that's right before. The introduction of the laugh. Sammy Wexler's laugh. Sandy Wexler that... ha- has an iconic laugh in this movie. Michael, would you like to... <laughs> yeah. If, if... <laughs> and, you know, if, if that sounds irritating or annoying to you, um, that's because it, was it is. Constant. But it, 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 they constantly do it throughout the entire movie, and you know what? It was terrible every single time. Didn't yeah. Make... I don't think... No, yeah, the laugh didn't make me even chuckle once. Even the introduction of it, I thought was obnoxious. This whole movie, ob- obnoxious is a good way to describe this movie. Yeah, I popped an aspirin. You know? I refilled a, 
I refilled a glass of wine. Um, like, like it, it struck it me. Just, I think it was just designed to make me hate it. It's just an excuse for Adam Sandler to be an asshole for two hours. It was basically. just an excuse for Adam Sandler to get all his buddies and his family take a vacation. It wasn't even just... a vaca- it wasn't even a vacation though. The whole thing took place in Hollywood except for the one scene in Alaska. Yeah, like okay. But like it was just an excuse like to be like, oh hey, let's all hang out. We'll just like write some shit dialogue, improvise some scenes, make and then make like millions of dollars. The the improvisation was so apparent in this movie too like there are scenes where that you're watching and you're like there's no way a human being wrote this it's just adam sandler doing it. yeah no and like there are scenes where like you could tell they're improvising did not know what to say so there's just like long patches of silence where i think my computer froze yeah there there was i think three scenes in this movie where i thought my my laptop froze up because Adam, nobody was moving or talking, and the camera just lingered there, and it was really bizarre and weird. Um, like, maybe actually, it unsettled me. Yeah, I actually, there, there's a, a part where Adam Sandler is talking to, uh, to the female lead, uh, Jennifer Hudson, and describing her voice, and he says it a few times in the movie, and it's a really bizarre line. But he says she sounds like a mixture between a bird, an angel, and a saxophone. Yeah. He says that a lot. He- yeah, it was like, they're like, you know how, like, some, like, directors, like, give, like, these characters, like, fun little, like, quirks that call back on every once in a while to make them endearing and, like, humanize them, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Like, I have a little trademark. I feel like this character was nothing but that. Everything was yeah. meant to be, like, a... This is a quirk. We're gonna do it uh, many a t- many times, but like every single thing was it. So, yeah, I just it was too much. Basically, the the the, the movie is called Sandy Wexler, right? And yeah, the whole movie hinges on this character being a character, like a funny character. But the thing is, there's there's really no one like the character is absurd and obnoxious and annoying. But I, I don't think I would mind it so much if there was, like, a straight man in the movie to play off the character. But there isn't. Everyone just accepts him for who he is. And, like, the yeah, insanity, no. like the absurdism and, like, insanity that he is portraying is just yeah. taken at, at Spe- face value. Yeah, speaking of which, like, his name's Sandy Wexler. Um, did you clock that um, every... Like, uh, so many things in his, like, lawn and in his house were S's? Right, yeah, no, he lives, in the movie he lives in this giant mansion, and I never really, like, neither of us, I think, really Must be, like, a struggling agent, right? Yeah, he's, like, a a struggling agent with all these shitty clients, and he lives in this giant fucking mansion with hedges trimmed into S's, um, and it it comes to fruition later, you find out that he is, like, renting the mansion, or, like, borrowing the mansion from, uh, this guy whose name is, let me check quickly... The guy's name is Firuz. He's, like, renting the mansion from him, basically. And we'll get into that character in a little bit. Yeah, but, like... But, like, the head just is, everything like, is... Everything just, is like, like, scratch the surface. Like, you'd never... They'd never tell say, like, oh, I'm renting this place from this guy. It's just, right. like... 
It's just like, oh, you can't go in the pool or he'll be mad. Who's this heel? Who's this guy who will right. get mad if you go in the pool? And, you know, that's explored a little bit later. Not as much as I'd like. We'll get to that. Yeah. It was one yeah. It was one of the few things I actually enjoyed about the movie, which is, you know, it makes me a depraved individual that I thought that was funny. Yeah. But yeah. Speaking um, of which, let's talk about the first laugh of the movie. The first laugh. Oh, yeah. The first time we laughed in this movie, it <laughs> must have been, what, f- probably seven or eight minutes in when it's doing the montage of all his clients. Yeah. And... Um, good old Adam Sandler staple, uh, Nick Swartzen. Nick uh, Swartzen, star- you know the guy who always gets hurt. Yeah, the guy who always gets hurt in every Adam Sandler movie. We'll be seeing a lot of him as we go backwards through all these films. Yeah. Uh, you know the star of Bucky Bucky Larson, Born to Be a Star. Uh, he had his own he he had his own TV show in uh Comedy Central for a while. Um, the Nick Swartzen. I'm show, sad you which, know that. I've I watched a few episodes. It wasn't very good. Uh, I, oh. I also I also listened to some of his stand up. Also not very good. But um, yeah, Nick Swartzen makes an appearance in this uh, as Adam Sandler, Sandy Wexler's a uh, stuntman client, and provided the first laugh we got in the entire movie. Um, Michael, do you want to explain that scene? Um. So you know it's a classic like evil can evil type stuff you like our our boy the stuntman is dressed in like i think it's like a red white and blue unitard thing he's supposed to be what was he doing he was like on a like he was ziplining he was ziplining over Which some like trailers cars. yeah it was it's yeah, not he was even ziplining stunt, over really. trailers like yeah anybody like, can zipline over yeah it doesn't matter what you're going over because that doesn't really affect you it's not, it's not a stunt. It's fucking stupid. But Yeah, but anyway, he's halfway through the zip line when an eagle flies into his face <laughs> and he falls off. <laughs> but, Winfield, can you describe the eagle for us? The eagle is a CGI eagle. It might be a hawk or a falcon, but it doesn't matter. It's some sort of CGI bird of prey. And... The scene is shown from first person, from Nick Swartzen's point of view, and it's yeah. this fucking—it's this terrible, terribly CGI eagle. And as it smashes into Nick Swartzen's face, his eyes go like wide in fear. Um, and it was just—it's so the worst CGI I've ever seen. It was—it was so bad. The—it was so poorly animated. I told Michael in the movie that I was watching um the first Lord of the Rings movie last night, and that that movie is starting to show its age a little bit. The CGI in it does not look that that fantastic anymore because it's almost 20 years old. This eagle, which is one of two instances of CGI in this entire movie, looks worse than anything in the original Lord of the Rings, a 20-year-old film. Yeah. But it was so fucking funny. We both lost our <laughs> shit at this fucking, fucking eagle. eagle coming out of nowhere. It was so good. It, if I had to make a compilation of this movie, it would probably just be that eagle scene and like. Are you fucking kidding me? No, the next laugh is the one that. I think that's the crown jewel. We'll get <laughs> there know, in a minute. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the next laugh in a minute. But yeah, this eagle was just like, so poorly animated. It looked like a PlayStation Two eagle with 
bright wide cartoon eyes like bulging out of its sockets as it smashed into Nick Swartzen on the zip line and it was oh, so definitely. absurd it it was actually funny i will i will give the writers credit for that i saw some sort of some sort of accident coming but i thought it, i didn't think it would be that and I, I thought that was pretty funny so you know some small credit to that but you know when when you're yeah. cutting someone on three jokes out of a 200 or a 2 hour movie uh, you know, there, there, there's some pro- yeah. there's some problems there. Uh, yeah, so... I had written down that we finally get to plot in like the 13 minute mark. Right, um, which I'm... is not what you want. I don't see. I wrote down. I thought I had wrote written down that we got to plot 14 minutes in, but uh, I don't actually have it written down. I think we just talked about it. Yeah, but like entering no... the plot, the scene that we entered plot. It's the scene where Adam Sandler with these two random little girls doing cartwheels at a at an amusement right. park, and then he sees Jennifer Hudson in a fucking duck costume, the most degrading yeah, thing I've ever seen from an Oscar winner. That's right. That's what actually. That's what this means. I forgot what this meant in my notes. I just have the word degrading written down, like three <laughs> note three notes in, and it's because Jennifer Hudson is in a ugly duckling costume singing singing beautifully on on stage at like disney world or something and yeah that's we we don't get the actual plot thread started up until around 15 minutes into the movie and the actual plot thread is that jennifer hudson is a really good singer and she's like sandy wexler's first big score and he wants to make her a big star and they fall in love uh that's the main plot thread the problem is there's there's like these random 40 minute segments within that plot thread that have nothing to do with that um uh for like, instance plot takes about like i want to say a half an hour right the the it, if you were to cut this movie into just the main plot it would maybe be a 35 to 45 minute short film everything else yeah. is just meaningless pointless filler and it's yeah and even the plot like so okay, so he wants his, um, Jennifer Hudson to be a big star. Okay, immediately she becomes a big star. Easy. Immediately. 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 No conflict. No conflict involving her becoming a star. It happens yeah. within like two scenes. And then we have a scene where she has a, where she and Sandy comes over and he sees she has a guy over a like a boyfriend and Sandy gets super sad and you're like, oh, he's in love with her. When did this happen? Wait, wait, wait. Michael. Michael. Yeah. You're you're forgetting what happens before he meets the boyfriend. And what? the reason she oh. the reason she calls him over in the first place. Oh my god. There here we go. So, so apparently there's since she gets super famous super quickly, um she there's she thinks there's someone like stalking her outside her house. And she calls right. Sandy. So Sandy shows up and he pulls out a <laughs> A metal baseball bat out of the back of his car and he's ready to ready to beat the stalker off to get get him out of the get him out of there when out of nowhere a raccoon pops up <laughs> sandy, from, uh, from sandy, a tree jumps down sandy smacks the raccoon with the baseball bat he grand slams him the raccoon explodes <laughs> and an in blood of blood <laughs> It was the most unexpected thing. 
because I remember you and me were just like debating, like, okay, what's gonna be in the bushes? What's gonna do that? And then out of nowhere, this fucking raccoon comes, and then immediately is dead. Immediately, it explodes. It's it. It is one of the most graphic animal deaths I've ever seen in a film. As a matter of fact, it is fucking. It explodes in just this yeah. burst of blood, blood is like all a... over his outfit. Yeah, he's and that's and when I... we. I think we both died. Yeah, we we both like we realized that that was the epitome of comedy, and that nothing was ever going to be that funny. And we both sort of died a little bit on the inside. Yeah, um, like that was just amazing. Uh, like yeah, I'll never I mean, hit that peak. I I will never. I don't. I, if there's anything in any of these Adam Sandler movies that makes us laugh this hard again, I'll be shocked because that that was I think the hardest either of us have laughed in a while that in was a fucking, good long while thank you adam fucking, thank you adam sandler for that much that was amazing yeah. um yeah but so he goes to jennifer hudson's house she has a boyfriend he gets all sad and so he this is the next this this next moment wasn't it was another what the fuck out of nowhere moment yeah but it it didn't make us laugh it actually frightened me a good deal oh um, my god Fuck yeah! This so, uh, one of those one of those forty minute segment segments where nothing really happens with the plot. Right, Adam Sandler goes home and his neighbor, who had been introduced earlier in the movie, and an she's hour sort before, of, yeah, for like, like an fifteen hour seconds. She's like this lady, his neighbor. She she's sort of horny for Adam Sandler, which is a classic Adam Sandler move: is to write women to be actually attracted to him, even though he's, you know, a pretty unattractive fifty year old man, especially in this movie where he's talking in an idiotic voice the whole time so she takes him to her house to seduce him and he's like he's like okay like he's jennifer into hudson it is, yeah he's like jennifer hudson doesn't want me so i guess this will do and they're they're about to they're about to get down and dirty they're about to bone down bang and he he looks to his right and he sees her husband who's on fucking life support in a hospital bed next to him and it's the scariest moment I've ever experienced in a film, and like, I, I love the budget I went lo- for this makeup. I love horror like movies. Death. I've seen a lot of horror movies. This literally, like, my my heart skipped a beat when it cut to this guy. It was like something out of Twin Peaks. It was surreal. It cuts to this oh. like ghastly pale man on a hospital mattress, just staring at Adam Sandler, like locking eyes with him. And it's really was that scary. wait was that the moment when we were talking about like. What if, this is this was like an hour in the movie, right? It it was about an hour into the movie, yeah. Yeah, I was. We're, wasn't that when we were talking about like I I really hope that this horrible, um, uh, wanting to be comedy just um, like goes a full one eighty and becomes like a graphic horror movie out of nowhere. We, yeah, like yeah, we we started talking about that during the raccoon scene before the raccoon popped out. Uh, you were saying that while there was rustling in the bushes and stuff, you wanted like Jason or Michael Myers to pop out and start stabbing, killing people. people like I feel like if that had happened, that this that would be this movie would be in my top five movies. That would be amazing. That would have saved the movie, to be quite frank. But um... like, okay, you have this like super mediocre comedy. You're just watching it, and you're so bored. And then immediate, and then suddenly people start dying and freaking out. That would be amazing. I would be like, "Thank you, Adam," but no. 
Yeah, that didn't happen, did it? But yeah, no. so, so, so we get this horrifying moment, which, if I can find a link of it, I will link it in like the description of this podcast so that people can go and watch it. You can it, look it up on Netflix. Well, I don't want to make them scrub through a two-hour movie to find this one scene. If I can find it isolated, that'd be much Fine. better. Um, but yeah, after that, you know, Jennifer Hudson, she's a big star now. And her boyfriend has convinced Sandy Wexler that, you know, she doesn't need him. He's like a, a B-rate agent. She needs, like, someone better. So he drops her. Yeah. Uh, and then it randomly cuts to this subplot, like, maybe an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, uh, where he's now the manager for a wrestler played by Terry Crews. Terry Crews, yeah. It's, like, this random Consistently one sub- of the best parts of subplot. an Adam Sandler movie, in my opinion. Right. No, Terry Crews was actually hilarious in this. I didn't. He didn't make me laugh really. But no, but I, like, I, I enjoyed watching him. He was an enjoyable part of the movie. He was a breath of fresh air in this pile of dog shit. But this wrestling subplot, which could have been an entirely different movie, yeah. came out of fucking nowhere more than halfway through the movie. And basically, what it is is that Adam Sandler is Terry Crews' agent, and he's a wrestler that's picking up steam. Like getting popular, and, mm-hmm. but he has a he has a match coming up that he has to throw to this Japanese wrestler who's dressed as a sumo wrestler, who has to sit on his face with his big his big sumo butt, which you know they milk that. We get for a, like a lot of minutes. great shots of it. A lot of gratuitous, no. fucking man man butts that I got to I got no. to observe tonight. Um, no. mm-hmm. uh, in it. This is the point in the movie where I just have a note written in my notebook. All caps, taking up three lines. Each letter is like three lines tall. Like, taking up a lot of space in the notebook. I just wrote, what the fuck is happening? And because I, have, point, I had no idea. Neither of us had a fucking clue what was going on. Like, and... because, like, the, uh, the, the first, the Jennifer Hudson storyline, like, they never, like... They never even gave you, like, a montage of them becoming friends. They just automatically were friends. And so, they're like, okay. They never, like, gave you an indication that they were falling in love. And so, like, you were not invested at all. You could not understand what they were talking about, their conversations. And then right. you get to Terry Crews, and then it's just like, what the fuck is happening? Right, 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 right. Because and... Jennifer, like, you don't see Jennifer Hudson for a half an hour. I would say more than a half an hour. There was a long period yeah. of the movie where, where the main plot was just abandoned. Uh, and during during this half an hour, it showed, uh, you know, some of Sandy Wexler's other other uh, clients, including a, a, a return from Nick Swartzen. Oh, and my God. They had him doing a stunt where he would zip line over the Hollywood sign while on fire and land in a pool. At night, like, so that no eagles would crash into him, and I zip saw ziplining his thing. I, I guess so, and I saw this stunt being set up, and I said to Michael, "You can vouch for this." I said, yeah. "He's gonna smash into a bat. That's gonna be the joke. He's gonna smash into a bat, just mm-hmm. like he did the eagle." And guess what? It played pretty Lo much the behold. exact, <laughs> pretty much the exact same animation as him smashing into the eagle, but it was a bat this time. And he was on fire, so when he fell, he landed on the Hollywood sign and lit, lit it ablaze in, in a hilarious act of comedy, 
which marks the uh, the beginning of the downfall of Sandy Wexler as all his clients start abandoning him. Nick Swartzen because of the third degree burns, Terry Crews because he's not being um, respected as a wrestler, uh, his real life wife because she's doing um, what was Some it? Commercials it was... for like vaginal discharge when she thought it was a yeah. coffee commercial. Yeah, he told her she was doing coffee commercials, but she was really doing vaginal discharge commercials. Yeah, uh, you know, so like the, everyone drops classics. him. Everyone drops him except, except, except for uh, Kevin James. Kevin James, the ventriloquist. No, we, we yeah, we haven't talked much about Kevin James's character yet. Uh, yeah, he's Kevin a James, ventriloquist who like real weirdly loves his dolls and like treats them like real people. If, if anyone has seen the Dan Schneider original sitcom on Nickelodeon, you know the the, the good old classic Victorious. Uh, he's basically oh, yeah. the nerdy character, the nerd, the nerdy character from that who treats his puppet like a real person. Um, that's like the thing throughout the whole movie is he's like, he takes his puppets everywhere, uh, and he's Adam, he's Sandy Wexler's last client, and Sandy Wexler gets down on his knees and prays for a miracle that will make his client successful. Yeah, and then he prays, and, and then we cut to, we cut to. An apartment we've never been in because there's only like five sets in this movie. So when you there's... get to a new set, it's jarring. Yeah, there's, so... the, the sets in this movie are like Sandy Wexler's house, which is probably Adam Sandler's real life house, and yeah. like a, a couple of Hollywood studios and like one other house. Yeah, so we get to this new apartment we've never been into, and it's like a silent moment where you see this guy dressed up as a clown crying, and he's writing a note. And I'm like, and I say to Winfield, like, is he gonna kill himself? Are we gonna watch a clown kill himself? And Winfield was like, "No." Yeah, and no. Then, I, said, behold, no I, I said, "No, no, no." This is an Adam Sandler movie. That wouldn't happen. That's too dark. Yeah, no. Lo and behold, we see a a clown hang himself, struggle on the noose, and then suddenly fall limp. He also hung his puppets as a little poetic irony or something. And so then yeah, that's the he, miracle. He hung because his he puppets. was a ventriloquist that had the big gig. He was the world's top ventriloquist, so Kevin James gets the gig. Yeah, but uh, like, there is a great scene where um they need to negotiate um uh, Kevin James's contract, in which right. randomly, and they never mention this again, um Stanley Wexler um gets a stroke. Right, it was either a stroke or a heart attack. Adam Sandler did a a, a big, made a big show of something happening to himself, something random. He. Yeah, like he keels and, over, he can't really talk, and Kevin James, being the ventriloquist he is, sticks his hand out the back of Sandy Wexler's shirt and starts talking out of his out of his mouth like a, a ventriloquist, which doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You you can't control someone's mouth through their back. That's not how yeah. that works. It's called movie magic, thing. Winfield. Movie magic. And I think that was the time I said flat out to Michael. I just, I just said out loud, this is fucking offensive. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it was that was pretty bad. Um, that was, but yeah, that was but guess what? Awful. That works. He gets the big big gig, right? Kevin Kevin James gets the kids show with his puppets, even though the puppets are really creepy. And yeah. uh, Sandy Sandy Wexler's back on the market. He's uh he's got another star under his belt. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to talk about um something that like was. But we that began in the beginning of the movie and anticipation peaked 
throughout the film of we were talking about the guy that Sandy Wexler rents his house from that you only right. hear through intercom system throughout the house. And right. okay, so before the movie started, Winfield was like asked me to do a bet with him of like, do you think Rob Schneider will do a racist character in this movie? And I said, yes, definitely. And Winfield was like, no, no, he won't. He was doing the Ridiculous Six at the time, too, and he did one there. But, right, and then, I, I didn't think Rob Schneider had the capacity to film more than one movie at once and do more than one racial caricature at once. Yeah, and so, lo and behold, we hear this guy's voice on the intercom, and it's like this really bad, offensive, like, Arab, like, generically Arab accent. And, and we're right. like, oh my god, is that... Is that Rob Schneider? And and that, there were a couple of words he used. Like, I, I couldn't tell you the exact words, but, like, I've listened to this man enough in my childhood that I, like, recognized the cadence of his voice, I guess. And I was like, oh, my God, that's definitely Rob Schneider. It's Rob Schneider. He's... So we're like, if we don't see Rob Schneider in this film, we're walking. I, like, yeah. I need to see... I told Winfield that I need to see the overbronzing of his face... I need yep. to see the super slicked back hair. I need to see the gaudy I, gold accessories. Right, and Michael said all this, and I took it a step further. I, I legitimately thought if Rob Snyder were to show up, he would be wearing some, like, overly offensive, like, turban or something. Like, he would be an, like, over-the-top offensive caricature. Uh, so that, that, that turned into our, like, main motivation for finishing this movie. Keep it that was the only have, reason like, why I watched this film. We still have like fifty minutes left of the film at this point. It's a two and two hour and ten minute long film. Um, so before we get back to the Rob Schneider stuff, which doesn't happen until a couple, a couple, couple minutes after this, yeah, I wanted to touch on one thing. So <laughs> it's clear they couldn't afford, or they didn't want to pay for a hospital set. Because oh my after god! Sandy, after Sandy Wexler has his stroke. He's in a hospital bed, but he's just back in his house. And there's a nurse there. Played the by, nurse... I think her name is Kate Muchinchi. I forget her last name. It's starts with an M. She's in Don't Think Twice. Great film. I'm just really me... sad she was in this one. Let me see if I can find her in the cast. She was also part of the comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah. She's like this place is nurse. Who's oh, yeah, like just yeah. really weird. Nurse Trisha, and... played by Kate Misusi Mikuki. I don't know, but yeah, you yeah. are right. It it is her. Um, so she plays the nurse inside of Sandy Wexler's home, and there's a part <laughs> where a song comes on. I think it's the song that Jennifer Hudson sings. If I'm recorded, not yeah, Jennifer Hudson recorded in the beginning of the film. And it's like it this supposed to be this super poignant moment because Sandy's super sad that she's not with him, and he's like but crying she, the, listening to this. It song. randomly cuts to like a wide shot of the whole room, and the nurse is just like dancing around and lip syncing to this film, and it's fucking hilarious. It didn't make me laugh. This was not my no. third laughter in the film. Um, no, but, but like we were talking about before the wide shot, we were talking about like, is this supposed to be a fucking poignant moment? Like, I don't right. want to know the person who cried during this. Like, yeah. because you know someone did. 
I, I did write that the in my notes that the nurse lip syncing was funny, but I didn't laugh at it. it. It was funny, but it was like the level the film should have been on at its like worst parts. But it, that was like yeah. one of the highlights. <laughs> so yeah, no. So, so, like, so next, so things are picking up for Sandy Wexler, and so he's right. like, I. Oh no! Michael, before this, you're still things missing, are picking you're still up missing for them. The, the yeah. biggest cameo in the movie. The spiritual mentor. The spiritual of mentor. The film. Um, so Weird at, Al Yankovic. Yep. Adam Sandler, Sandy Wexler, goes back to the uh, theme park, Disney, Disneyland, Where he first met Jennifer Hudson. And he sees that her part, The Ugly Duckling, is now being played by... You said it was Clay Aiken, right? It was Clay Aiken. Yeah, like, Clay Aiken is He was in this film playing... for nigh, like, three seconds. I, yeah, but... I would say three to seven seconds were spent focusing on Clay Aiken. Um, so Adam Adam Sandler's sitting there watching Clay Aiken sing the Ugly Duckling song. And who else sits next to him but Weird Al Yankovic? And the, the big the big plot to it is that Weird Al Yankovic used to be one of his clients. And Weird Al gives him some, some good life advice. I don't remember what the advice was because I was pretty much tuned out of the movie at this point. Yeah, I was not but listening. I just but remember anyway. shouting that, that Weird Al's a fucking sellout and shouldn't have appeared in this film. Yeah, so like, I didn't hear what advice he gave, but he gave some advice to Sandy. And then Sandy's like, I'm gonna... Um, uh, I'm gonna tell... Um, Jennifer Hudson, how I feel. So, meanwhile, so Jennifer Hudson, it, it's on her wedding day. She's getting married to, we never met the guy. Right, yeah. She, and, I, I, I believe it shows him in the final scene of the movie. It cuts to him and he has a new wife. And it's like, it's it literally says it's a good thing she didn't marry that guy. But that was never communicated in the movie. She just says she has a fiancé and that she's moving to Seattle to be with yeah. him. But it so never shows us like, a reason that she shouldn't be with him. Like, for all we know, this could be full a happy marriage. In her wedding dress, she's full on in her wedding dress. She's going to the wedding. She gets in the limo, and they start driving. And she's like, "Oh, you went the wrong way." And then you hear this super generic, offensive Arab accent. And I, I started freaking out at this point. I was like, "Oh my god, is this? Oh my is god, this when we're finally getting going to get to see Rob Schneider? Is Rob Schneider going to show up at this point doing his? Arab, is he going to be in brownface accent?" Lo and behold, the limo yes. driver turns around. It's Rob it's, Schneider. It's Rob Schneider in brown face with I slick applauded. back hair. Like, how dare I, you? I was freaking out. I wish that we had recorded ourselves actually watching the movie just for this moment where I was freaking out. Michael was applauding. How dare you be so awful? Rob Schneider, it was exactly as Michael predicted. He was all bronzed up. He had gold rings on. He had slick back hair. Gold watches. Like gold there. watches, N- like, no turban. I-, I was wrong on that. I was wrong on that front. They didn't. Yeah, I feel like that would have been even too much for. No, n- n- wait, never mind. I've that seen some been t- Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get to we'll get to <laughs> stuff worse than that. But um, yeah, no, but like it, it. It was an incredible moment. That's actually I told Michael I felt bad, but that's the. One of the highlights of my movie watching like experiences in my entire life was seeing Rob. Sch- I, that was all I was banking on. This movie was Rob Schneider showing up in person. Because the movie was just it, so was, bad. Like we needed something to hold on to. I needed something to make me happy. I was feeling so so down throughout this entire movie. 
Yeah, and Rob, but we're freaking Rob out. So it, was what did it. Yeah. Yeah. So while we were freaking out, I never even gave it any thought. But like, he literally kidnapped Jennifer Hudson from her wedding, drove yep. her to that observatory from La La Land, where Sandy yep, was like, it, "I love you," and she was like, "I love you too," and they kiss. And I was like, "Oh, what happened to your fiance?" Yeah. You're in your wedding dress as you kiss this man. Yeah, you no, fine it, with it, that? It, it was... It was the exact same observatory from La La Land. I don't know which was filmed first. I don't know who ripped off who. I'd like to think that, you know, La La Land didn't rip off Sandy Wexler, because that would be fucking stupid. But, um, yeah, they show up at this observatory, and they get married right then and there by Kevin James with his priest and rabbi ventriloquist dummies. Um, and then we find out that because puppets can't actually marry anyone... That, that didn't count so the mockumentary style stuff that's been popping up throughout the movie is actually from their real wedding 20 years down the line uh and adam sandler comes out at this wedding at the very end this is the last scene of the movie and he starts to sing and the the last probably five to seven minutes of this movie are a, a musical adam number singing while they're what's, what's, what's what song was he singing? I completely... I, um, I can... I can... Uh, one second. I've I already can, uh... blocked it out of my mind. It's only been an hour since we <coughs> watched it, but I've already censored that part of the movie out of my mind. Wait, I'm going to play it. Don't play it into your mic, because I don't want to get copyright struck, but... Oh, true. Ugh. Oh, well. Just It was just a know, weird song. But to be honest, I, I, Winfield, did you notice me not talking as much... During this part of the movie? Well, we were both fucking done at that point. I fully fell asleep, let me tell you. Did, you fell asleep at the end of the movie. The last seven I was minutes. asleep at the end of the movie, yeah. I was nodding in and out. I was uh, done. I'm, scro- I'm trying to scroll through to find to see if I can find the soundtrack or something on IMDb. Um, so, let me just look up Sandy. Yes. Yeah. My main problem about this movie, because there are some movies that are just so bad, it's great to watch, because you're like, oh my god, this is so bad, but this is like, trying so hard not to be bad, or not even that, but it was just like, I can't even enjoy it being so bad, because it's just that blah bad, it's so, it was so blah. You watched Max Magician with me, and that's a fucking amazing movie to watch, because it's hilarious, like, it's so bad, it's so incompetent that it's funny. But this was, like, this was lazy. Like, you could feel the laziness and the, like, sloppiness in it. And it, it was, was just, like, like one note. I was bored. It was, like, you know how, like, every Judd Apatow movie, like, goes on for, like, a half an hour too long? Right. It was, like, fully that half an hour for, like, two hours. But, like, yeah, even the, worse because it's Adam Sandler. This movie could have been a 30-minute short or, like, a five-minute sketch. But it was a yeah. two-hour-long movie. Uh, the, the song, the song. By the way, I have the soundtrack list up right now. Was uh, there's no business like show business. Oh yeah, which of course. At, at, you know Adam Sandler had to sing the entirety of in his stupid Sandy Wexler voice, which took four minutes. Um, yeah. So that that was Sandy Wexler, Michael. I'm gonna now tell you the uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating for this movie, and Please. you're gonna tell me if you whether you would rate it higher or lower than the Rotten Tomatoes. Give it to um, me. Them, them silly Rotten Tomatoes. Um, 
they gave it a 28%. Would you rate it higher 20 than or 28? Than that? 28. 28. Um, I was really worried you were going to say something higher. So that's a good indicator um, of how I felt. Um, 28. Honestly, I'd rank it lower. I think like, give it too. at least the low 20s. I, I would say at least 10% lower. I would say 18. 18 yeah. is what I would give it. Like, because te- technically, on a technical level, it's a, it's competent, like... Is it? It was... The camera work... Like, if we're... I'm not... The camera... Never mind. The I'm not going to talk was, about the fucking camera work in a fucking Adam Sandler movie. But the like, camera work was, was boring and generic, but it wasn't sloppy, I wouldn't say. Like, I didn't notice any production... Like. I wasn't seeing fucking boom mics in the in the shot or anything like that or like extras running around like idiots in the background like it, it the the camera work itself was not good but it wasn't bad but so like I wouldn't say it's like an eight percent but I would say eighteen percent is where I would put it because it's just so poorly written so poorly acted like every it's so degrading for everyone involved like yeah I I lost a smidgen to a big smidgen of respect for everyone in that movie yeah i i i have to say there's there's people in this movie whose my respect will never come back for um you know just like looking over the cast like lauren michaels was in it yeah jennifer hudson of course the, the 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 romantic interest for no reason like Terry Crews, I didn't lose any respect for Terry Crews. No, he he just commits so much. He owns even it. There, there, awful. Yeah, he owns there was, it. There was this one scene where Adam Sandler was like monologuing or talking to someone, and it was like supposed to be semi serious. It was like a close up on Adam Sandler's face. You could just see Terry Crews making these stupid faces in the background. It was so fucking funny because Terry Crews is so clear didn't give a fuck. Okay. More than just Adam Sandler's daughters were in this, by the way. I'm looking at the cast list now. Uh, we have Adam Sandler. Um, his wife, his daughters, his what I assume is his son. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an actor in this named Jack... What, I just lost it. Jared Sandler. Yeah, that's uh, his alongs- son, I believe. Who did he play? I... No idea. In the cast list, it just says he played Jared. But I don't remember Jared. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't care I, enough. I, I was fully not paying attention to this film. Me either. I couldn't. Okay. Because there's nothing to pay attention to. Do you want to close out the podcast with some fun facts about the film? I'll go to the IMDb and look up some like f- fun trivia. Yeah, how, how fun are these going to be? How fun are these trivias? Um, let's see. Let's see how, just how fun these trivias are. Fun fact. This movie was based on Adam Sandler's real-life talent man- manager, Sandy Wernick. I feel really bad for this Sandy Wernick. Fun fact. Um, the play, the, the house... Sandy is staying in is the same mansion from Billy Madison. Mmm. Fun. 
of... Fun fact. This film marks the sixth collaboration of Adam Sandler and Terry Crews. And you know what? He's rocked them all. He has. Uh... <laughs> Apparently there's crossover between this film and Grown Ups. Um... I guess at the, oh my beginning, God. at the beginning of Prune Ups, Adam Sandler's talking to Sandy Wexler on the phone, so we have that look that to look forward to. Like you you sent mentioned something in the very beginning of like the Adam Sandler universe, and I'd hate to imagine a world where all these films take place in. <laughs> the Adam Sandler cinematic universe. Yeah, and so like there's a bunch of Adam Sandlers at for at one point, but like there's a world where all this would happen. And I'm not about it. This mansion has apparently been tossed around by a lot of Hollywood stars because it's the same mansion from the movie The Jerk with Steve Martin. Mm. I don't know if you've seen if you've seen that or not. I have. So yeah, it's the same mansion. Which that that pool the pool did look familiar to me. I think I, I recognized the pool from Billy Madison and The Jerk, but the house itself is pretty. It didn't strike me as familiar. Um. And this this one just made me laugh. The the final fun fact I'm gonna give is to promote the film, Adam Sandler visited the Las Vegas Motor Speedway in character and offered his services as a manager to the drivers at the speedway. And I just <laughs> I how would like that the... <laughs> how would that spread awareness of the film if he's just talking to these motorists? Like was it televised? Like, Probably. I just like to think of Adam Sandler publicly humiliating himself with this character. Because I just fucking hate him. And I hate he has no shame. He's making bank. He doesn't care. Let me, um... Let me... Our final thing for the podcast, because we've been probably recording about an hour at this point. I'm gonna uh, look yeah. up... I'm gonna look up, um... The, the financials for this movie. Oh, you wanna see, uh... How much of an earner it was? I am. I am very curious about all that. of Adam Sandler films. They earn. They do because I don't know. I don't know why they earn There's so much. There's something for everyone. They're not very good. I don't even think they're not. They don't even have mass appeal anymore. I don't know why anyone would watch this movie, but yeah, I don't know why anyone would watch this one. What? Okay, I'm on the numbers. Dot com. Hit me. I'm, I'm actually not seeing. Oh, there definitely there wouldn't be box office stuff because it didn't come out in theaters. There's actually no financial information on this movie on this website. Well, that was disappointing. It's a disappointing ending, I guess. Um, wait one second. I'm I'm searching for it right now. I can't find anything. Probably because it's a Netflix exclusive. I assume they safeguard a lot of their information like that. I mean, like, there's there's something for Ridiculous Six. I don't think maybe but, it just. But I mean, ridic- it came out in April, so. The yeah, the Ridiculous Six has been out for a while though. Yeah. Okay, so instead to wrap up this review, I'm going to read a seven star review for this movie. A seven-star review. 
You know what? I want to see if I can find like a 10 star review. Someone who really loved this movie. Yeah, I do. Um, which we'll see. Oh, I actually got the the voting demographics for this. Wow. Okay. I'm, the demo. I mean, the, the first review I'm seeing is called "Adam Sandler isn't entirely terrible in Sandy Wrestler." Um, I'm, sh- I'm I'm shocked. Okay, Michael. What? Pretty much every every age group gave this movie like a five star rating at average, like between five point three and four point eight is like the average. Guess what the only age group to give it a rating on average of eight points is? I want you to guess. Old people. You would be very wrong, sir. Young people? Females under the age of 18 gave it an average rating of eight points out of ten. Okay, but like, how many females under the age of 18 are watching this? Maybe it's just like a... Like, five of them saw it, and three really of them to... just have... I'm sorry, oh. bad taste. O- only two left reviews on IMDb. <laughs> <coughs> okay, there you go. So, yeah. Okay. If we're... you take statistics and get a C like I did, you'll know that that's not a reliable source. Okay. So, this is to close everything out. We've been recording for almost an hour now. Yeah. I'm going to read... Uh... Uh, one of the top ten, one of the reviews that rated it ten stars on IMDb. Hit me. <laughs> this one, uh, this one struck me with its title. Another hit from the maestro. <laughs> All the other reviewers so far harshly criticized this film, but I absolutely loved it. It has all the ingredients that make it a fantastic Adam Sandler film. The familiar faces and oddball humor like only Sandler can deliver. I laughed and cried with joy, but I was not trying to over-intellectualize the film. I turned off my mind, relaxed, and floated downstream, and thoroughly enjoyed myself and found this film absolutely wholesome, warm, and charming. Granted, it's no Citizen Kane, which, by the way, I've seen, as I could care less about Hollywood art but it did what it's supposed to do, allow no one to escape the harsh reality and stress of everyday life, and just have some good, clean fun and laugh, laugh, laugh. Great job, Mr. Sandler. Um, hate to disagree, (laughs) but... This guy's an idiot. (laughs) I disagree. And honestly, I saw Citizen Kane... It's not that good. We Can we stop using it as the measuring mark for a good film? I mean, yeah. yes, it was great at the time, but, like, it's boring now. Citizen Kane was revolutionary in terms of the techniques it used, but, the, the, yeah. yeah, people shouldn't use it to compare contemporary films. Regardless of the Citizen Kane comparison, this guy is a... F- th- this review is terrible because it doesn't make any fucking sense because we practically turned our brains off. By poisoning yeah. our bodies with alcohol during this viewing. And even that, I couldn't enjoy this. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Oh yeah, I'm just coming down. I was drunk the entire time. I was drunk as well. I'm, I'm, I'm just beginning my come down as well. Yeah. It was terrible. Okay. Well, okay. 
I think we covered Sandy Wixler. Michael, out of 10, what would you rate this movie? Um, I'd give it a 2. I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a 2. Because it, it, it would have been a 1 because there's just nothing there. But the three moments that made me laugh, I think, elevated it up to a 2. Yeah, I'll, yeah it, it's not a train wreck. It's It's a 2. Michael, next week we're watching The Do-Over. Are you excited for that? Well, I've heard some people that... I know some people who've liked it, so... Me as well. So we might be in for a treat. We'll see. Like, uh, already this film already shattered my expectations for this whole thing. Right. Because I, I was just expecting... I, expect, I was expecting just a bunch of, like, hilariously awful films, and this just was worse no. than I could ever... No, you have a lot. You have a lot of uh, unsettling surprises in store for you. Mm-hmm. So next week we'll be watching the do-over. If you want to contact the podcast, you can find us at the Sandler Experiment at gmail dot com. Please check us out. On <laughs> did you SoundCloud. make an email? I did. I made. Where else am I? I had to upload it on YouTube. So we have a oh, Gmail true. account for that, and we have a SoundCloud account as well. And I'll be uploading them both to that. So yeah, wow. if you want, we're so professional. We're so professional, and if you want to contact us again, that's the Sandler Experiment at gmail.com. Thank you, anyone you any who requests? listened this far to us ranting about this terrible, terrible movie. Uh, if you want I to tell us, have... like, how would you like us to format it? Like, we're open to, to suggestion. You know, this is the first. And any feedback, suggestions, anything is fine. This is our first time doing this. Uh, hopefully. You know, and if you don't like what we said about these films, tell us how you think and tell us why you're no, wrong. Listen, listen, if you like these movies, you can fuck off. I don't want you watching my fucking podcast if you like this movie. Yeah, no, like you can you can be angry, but I won't you'll you'll never convince me otherwise. If you like this movie, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Alright, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. The end. Goodbye.